Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. Hour number two of the uh, Rob Carson Show right ahead. We have somebody, I, I'm really excited about this actually, uh, one of the few great journalists still available in the country, uh, not available like he's single, but Gabe Kaminsky, writer for The Federalist, has done a terrific series on uh, disinformation and misinformation incorporated, which I talked about a lot last week. He's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Literally, there was government money going to uh, uh, a Microsoft offshoot called Xander, which determined that misinformation and disinformation, according to them, came from conservative outlets. And so they put uh, feelers out and uh, and pressured uh, companies to not advertise on businesses like Newsmax. Even though they uh, were telling the truth, Newsmax telling the truth, it just wasn't the truth that the left and the deep state wanted to push. Hence the words misinformation and disinformation. So state-sponsored apartheid of thought. I know. And he's going to talk to us at the bottom of the hour. So John Stewart, he, uh, he learned a hard lesson. There are a lot of people on the left who are learning hard lessons about uh, censorship. And John Stewart, he uh, put two and two together with regard to where he thought the uh, the uh, lab leak happened or, or where the virus came from. Here is uh, John Stewart on uh, Stephen Colbert's show about a year ago coming out and uh, sharing uh, what common sense and facts and reason dictated about where the virus came from. Hold on one second. Let me just go ahead and uh, send this up here. Hold on one second. I apologize. I'm going to have to. What, 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 what do you go. mean by that? Do you mean like well, so this perhaps was, there's, there's a chance that this was created in a lab? There's an investigation. A chance? Well, what I love is that Stephen Colbert at least acts like he has no clue, has never even thought about this, which is very possible because he's in a cocoon. He probably only listens to NPR, and he only watches PBS, ABC, CBS. Well, he'll only say CBS. But, you know, he only watches the, uh, the sycophantic leftist press. Oh, my God. evidence, I'd love to hear it. There's I a novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask? the Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. See, that would be enough right there, just to maybe have a, one single uh, journalistic outlet pursue that. But they didn't. That's just, that's just a little too weird, don't you think? And then they I, ask I, those scientists, they're like, how did this... So wait a minute, you work at the Wuhan respiratory coronavirus lab. How did this happen? And they're like... Mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. Mm. And you're like, no. I, you even the crowd, I don't even think they were fluffed. I don't even think there was the applause sign or the laugh sign going. He, they were really laughing because he pointed out the absurdity of not believing that it came from the Wuhan lab. Yeah, the Wait, name I, of your lab. If you look at the name, look at the name. Can I, let me see your business card. Show me your business card. Oh, I work at the 
coronavirus lab in Wuhan. Oh, because there's a coronavirus loose in Wuhan. How did that happen? Maybe a bat flew into the cloaca of a turkey and... There you go. So, you know, he made a, uh, a great point there using humor, which is what I, uh, I do. And uh, he paid for it, actually. Here he is talking on a podcast, uh, Apple TV's show, The Problem with Jon Stewart. And uh, this is what you and I, of conservatives, have in, been enduring for years. With all of our thoughts, with all of my monologues, with all of my posts on social media, viewed through the lens of uh, conservative, oh, it must be misinformation and disinformation. Listen to how the sycophantic left attacked Jon Stewart for thinking outside of the party. The larger problem with all of this is the inability to discuss things that are within the realm of possibility without falling into absolutes and litmus testing each other for uh, our political allegiances as it arose from that. Just like they do in communist China. My, my bigger problem with, with that was I thought it was a pretty good bit that expressed yeah. kind of how I felt. Yeah. And the two things that came out of it were I'm racist against Asian people of course, of course. and how dare I align myself with the alt-right. There you go, the alt-right. And see, the, uh, the Democrat Party and the deep state have always done their level best to go after the alt-right, whatever the hell the alt-right is. Or what was the other thing they call us? Well, MAGA fascists, uh, Trump supporters, uh, enemies of democracy. Oh, QAnon, QAnon. Nobody knows what QAnon is. All right? it, it, it's like, it's like they, they literally will not say, oh, Antifa, no, it doesn't. But they, they made up QAnon. All right, nobody knows what the hell QAnon is, and nobody follows QAnon. But anyway, here's a little bit more with uh, John Stewart learning a hard lesson about having viewpoints that are against the uh, party line, the deep state line. And the backlash was swift, uh, immediate, and yes, uh, quite loud. Uh, okay. And again, I didn't take that personally either. Like, we live in a world where, like, I have my opinion. I'm not mad at the backlash either because they're doing what I was doing, which is expressing myself. Yes, but they're trying to shut your voice down. The part that I don't like about it is the the absolutes and the dismissive. Like, mm -hmm. I will never forgive you. Oh, yeah. You have crossed the unforgivable I lost all of my Maryland friends when I became a conservative talk show host and then supported Donald Trump and also said that Black Lives Matter was a giant money laundering scam fine you've expressed an opinion that is antithetical to mine or not mine and it may not be one that has any real ramifications of anything I was just saying this seems like it's a pretty good possibility which by the way has happened before but what was stunning to me, I think, was the anger. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is, uh, it is insane. It is absolutely insane. And we've seen it about any type of disagreement with the uh, deep state, the Democrat Party, 
uh, and, and expressing your opinion. It all became disinformation and misinformation in the last three years. And I have, from the very beginning, I said, this is absolutely not acceptable. You have every right to freedom of expression. You have every right to a, uh, an opinion. And I saw Candace Owens last night. And Candace Owens basically said to conservatives everywhere, you got to stop second-guessing your opinions. You cannot go into a segment or into a thought and think about how the left is going to possibly take you off YouTube. Think about that. I know media organizations, I know journalists, I know personalities who won't say certain things on Facebook because they won't get, they will be demonetized or on YouTube they'll be demonetized or taken down. So they literally have to run it through a filter in their brain knowing how the left is going to shut them down. When the hell did that become okay? I have never been, honestly, uh, I think about five years ago, Facebook stopped allowing me to monetize anything. They also stopped me from being able to pay them to promote content. For instance, my t-shirt line. I've got a line of t-shirts and swag, and one of them says, uh, oddly enough, two years ago I came up with it, everybody was kung flu fighting, and they took it down. I had another one that said, uh, Chuck Fina. Okay, uh, not obscene, not obscene, and the Chinese communist flag. Uh, they would not allow me to promote that. And then my T-shirt company took it down. So it went everywhere. All of this misinformation, disinformation, all of this censorship spread throughout everything. The mainstream media, big social media, uh, all of the departments of government, the DHS, which created a department of disinformation, this is the Marxist communist takeover of the country. And I thank God that we discovered this. <coughs> Excuse me. We discovered this. But I'm going to tell you, <clears throat> and we're still growing here, guys. We, we just added a WOR in New York. Things are blowing up uh, across the country. We've got new uh, stations in New Hampshire, all across New Hampshire, uh, Baltimore, CBM, Atlanta's WMLB, Richmond's WJFM, Albuquerque, KDAZ, uh, all of the, these wonderful stations of the Nevada Talk Radio Network, Philadelphia, J, uh, JFP, Santa Cruz, KSCO, all of these great stations are carrying the show. But I'm going to tell you to my, my, my uh, uh, brothers and sisters in media, if you've ever looked at a post or a thought and thought about the ramifications from the left or from YouTube or Facebook or Twitter with shutting it down, uh, that has got to end. And here's what uh, Candace Owens said about that. They win this battle. There is nothing left, right? There is nothing left. And so I encourage people, I say, no, you need to say the thing that you know is true. Because the problem that we're having right now is too yes. many conservatives are acting like cowards, right? They're yes. saying we need to be nicer. Nope. It's okay. This is how they have gained so much territory. This is how we are fighting them in the school systems, how we're fighting them in the classrooms, how we are fighting them to simply acknowledge that women can never be men and men can never be women. These are, these are insane. That's just that. No, that's a fact. Arguments, but they're able to happen because good people sit by and say absolutely nothing yep. while they run amok. I have said from the get-go, all you have to do is say no. You recognize this nonsense. I said that we've got to turn away from nonsense and return to common sense. I've been saying that forever. And a very, very, very small number of people are guiding all of this BS. And you can stop it. All you got to do is say, 
I'm not going to play along. And and so I also want to say this, and it's, it's very important to point out, the Democrats used to be quiet about their corruption, right? Years ago, they were quiet about their corruption. Now they're corrupt openly, and they're mocking you. And what they're oh, really yeah. asking you is, and what are you going to do about oh, it? Yeah. So what? We knew Fetterman was mentally incapacitated, and we still allowed him to make it all the way to the Senate. And what are you going to do about it? So what? We know that Joe Biden can't can barely walk. We can see the early signs of dementia. And what are you going to do about it? It's a very fair question. I, I'd ask the same to everybody out there watching this program. What are you going to do about it? Why don't you start saying the truth and having the courage to say it boldly? Very good. I have never held back an opinion, and I won't. I won't. So coming up, it's kind of interesting. There's just a Dominion Voting Systems uh, lawsuit against Fox. And we found out through this that it appears that Paul Ryan holds some pretty serious sway with regard to uh, influence on uh, editorial coverage. And uh, it looks like Mr. Ryan, we all know he's not a big fan of Donald Trump. And we've all of a sudden seen, uh, wow, rah, rah, rah on Ron DeSantis. Nothing against Ron DeSantis. But uh, it's kind of interesting that Fox is going all in anti-Trump pro-DeSantis. There are two networks that cover Trump rallies. One of them was OAN. One of them was Newsmax. Uh, OAN before the election were taken off of DirecTV. Newsmax, as soon as the 2024 presidential election campaign started when Donald Trump announced his candidacy. Kind of weird, right? Kind of weird. I'm going to give you some more details on this. Your calls are welcome at 800-922-6680. This is the Rob Carson Show. If you're looking for a woke take on current events, just go back to sleep because you're not getting it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. To me, there are some things that uh, you need to enjoy life, and one of them is the freedom of expression. And uh, there are a lot of people who come here from countries where that's been banned. There are a lot of people who die in shark-infested waters between Cuba and here. Because they want freedom to uh, live life to the fullest, freedom to express themselves, freedom to make a living, freedom to fill, uh, to fill your stomach, among other things. And uh, we've got a war against free speech going on in our country, and it, and it has been quite successful. Uh, this is kind of similar. Dominion Voting Systems, they uh, you know, filed a lawsuit against Fox News for defamation, $1.6 billion dollars because uh, Fox News runs some reports, I guess, questioning the uh, reliability of uh, Dominion voting machines. We'll see how that uh, how that turns out. But uh, the lawsuit has uh, shown us some things behind the scenes, including that former House Speaker Paul Ryan, a member of Fox Corporation's uh, board of directors, has had influence over the channel's editorial coverage, according to this piece in uh, in Breitbart here. Uh, and uh, a section of the lawsuit titled Concern About Fox's Election Coverage and Fallout Rises to the Board Level Details Ryan's Level of Influence on the Channel's Editorial Coverage. It's kind of interesting. Apparently, uh, with regard to the uh, election in 2022, uh, Paul Ryan told Rupert Murdoch that Fox News should not be spreading conspiracy theories. According to the lawsuit, pointing to the extent of Ryan's influence on Fox News editorial coverage, Dominion claims Ryan gave uh, Rupert plenty of suggestions with respect to programming as well as suggestions regarding content and show hosts. Further, Dominion alleged that Ryan encouraged the Murdochs to move away from Trump altogether. 
And have you noticed all the all the rah-rah for uh, DeSantis on Fox? I mean, Hannity had him on his radio show yesterday, his TV show last night, talking about his new book. No coverage of Trump. It's kind of weird, right? I don't have anything against Fox. You know, I, I watch Fox. I watch Newsmax. Thank you very much. But I got to tell you, <laughs> anyway, back to this uh, lawsuit specifically, he told the Murdochs that Fox should be pivoting at this election away uh, during November 20 through January 21st, away from Trump, advising them to move on from Donald Trump and stop spouting election lies. Specifically, that Ryan is a member of Fox Corporation Board of Directors in the midst of its coverage of the former president. It's kind of funny that uh, Newsmax was banned from DirecTV, taken down right around the time that Donald Trump announced his candidacy. OAN was banned last year from DirecTV. They also covered Trump rallies. Uh, And now... All you got left is Fox. Fox doesn't carry the rallies. Huh. I, I, if Fox is the last conservative outlet on DirecTV, don't you suppose they will try other outlets? Don't you suppose they're, they're going to go after the cable outlets? They're already there. It's going to happen, all right? So if you want to get online and go, I, I want Newsmax.com, help us out, that'd be great. Or you can call 877-NEWSMAX. This is important. Now, this as check this out. Former President Donald Trump has taken a, are you ready for this, 30-point lead over Ron DeSantis. Yeah, his highly publicized visit to uh, East Palestine showed Trump at 55, 30 points higher than Ron DeSantis, who's at 25, meaning Trump now has crossed the majority threshold in national GOP primary polling. All right. This is Emerson College, by the way. Poll of a 10-way race shows Trump's and DeSantis has the only two possibilities breaking into double digits. Trump announced his 2024 campaign in November last year, right after the 2022 midterms. And DeSantis has been considering a run and trying to build his national profile in recent weeks. All right. So, uh, uh, by the way, the survey also shows Trump being the only declared a potential GOP presidential candidate to lead Joe Biden. Trump leads Biden by a 4% uh, lead, which means 14, actually. DeSantis does not. A Rasmussen poll found that uh, 52% support Trump, while only 24 DeSantis. 15% support Haley. She'll never be the president. Widely viewed as the most established among the three potential contenders. So isn't that kind of interesting? And I said yesterday, actually I said on Monday, I said the only reason that Ronna McDaniel is still the RNC head is because, uh, and, and despite 85% of Republicans saying she needed to be replaced, by the way, and they were looking at Harmeet Dillon and uh, Mike Lindell, uh, but Harmeet Dillon was the, real, the realistic uh, chance of getting that. Nothing against you, Mike. Didn't have a chance. Uh, but uh, uh, the RNC went ahead and put Ronna McDaniel in there. Why is that? Well, Ronna McDaniel has said that she wants all of the candidates to, to sign a, uh, an allegiance pledge, meaning that whichever candidate will support the candidate who is the chosen candidate in 2024. This, to me, says the GOP, Paul Ryan, who I just mentioned, uh, they will do everything they can to make sure that Donald Trump is not the candidate. That's what they want. And then they're going to make Donald Trump sign an agreement to support whoever. Here's Paul Ryan talking about the uh, the GOP convention if Trump's the candidate. Come 2024, the Republican National Convention in Milwaukee, where will you be? It, uh, it depends on who the nominee is. I'll be here if it's somebody not named Trump. 
You won't show up if it's oh, not. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, my God. Even I won't go Wisconsin. either. Even Wisconsin. Yeah. That's according to WISN in, uh, in Milwaukee. So uh, that's really not much of a threat because I was like, like uh, you know, oh, Jeffrey Dahmer can't make our family picnic. Yeah, oh, my God. Oh, that's going to be terrible. You know, really, honestly, that's, that's what you got. That's what you got. Coming up, we've got uh, Gabe Kaminsky, outstanding writer for The Federalist on uh, disinformation and misinformation, Inc., bought and paid for by the deep state. That's on the other side of this. This is The Rob Carson Show. Hey guys, it's Carson. Are you looking to protect your money from Biden's America? Yeah, me too. Well, right now you can get up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last just by taking action in today's uncertain times. That's exactly why I've partnered with a great company, Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. Gold Co. is a six-time, 5,000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year with thousands of five-star reviews and have helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. If you call them today, qualified callers get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. Don't pass this up. Not while companies are laying off workers by tens of thousands and Chinese spy balloons are drifting over our country consequence-free. Protect yourself from Biden's America and see if you're eligible for up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. Here's the number, 855-735-3740. That's 855-735-3740 for Gold Co. For all those who are sick and tired of people moving to D.C. and spending their entire lives telling us how to live ours, it's the Rob Carson Show. Joining us on the Newsmax Hotline is uh, an outstanding journalist, Gabe Kaminsky. He's a writer for The Federalist, also has a terrific series on the uh, the Washington Examiner. And he is on the Newsmax Hotline. Gabe, uh, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? Hey, thanks for having me, Rob. I got to tell you, the uh, series of articles you've done on Disinformation, Inc. are uh, stunning, not surprising, but uh, amazing. Uh, Will you do me a favor and tell everyone exactly what the Disinformation uh, Index is? Yeah, sure, Rob. Our our story has walked through and introduced this group in the public domain, how a group called the Global Disinformation Index a uh, British organization and the two affiliated American nonprofit entities has been compiling blacklists, uh, block lists, blacklists interchangeably of conservative media outlets and feeding those to advertising companies with the intent of shutting those websites down. Uh, and so basically how this works is advertising companies subscribe to this list and adhere to it, and this determines which websites they're going to place ads on. And so the Washington Examiner actually learned that it is one website on this blacklist, uh, <laughs> therefore, you know, likely losing out on critical advertising dollars. Yeah, and I noticed that Newsmax is on there. Can you give us a, another a couple examples of who is on the list for the listeners who don't know? So we know definitively that the Washington Examiner is on the list, and another source said that Breitbart is on the list. But okay. separately, the Global Disinformation Index has said that the 10 riskiest outlets are places like the Real Clear Politics, Newsmax, the Daily Wire, the Blaze, 
in Reason Magazine, among others. And so given the Washington Examiner is not on that list of riskiest outlets, it seems inferable, according to <laughs> ad industry experts, that all those outlets would also be uh, you know, on, the, on this blacklist. Yeah, Gabe, I had uh, mentioned, starting a couple years ago, we started hearing this expression, disinformation, and uh, all of a sudden it became part of the popular vernacular, and we were supposed to suddenly think, oh, yeah, this has been, we've been talking about disinformation forever, but we hadn't. And I'm like, why is every boast that I do on social media that goes against any government narrative or the popular narrative, which, by the way, the government narrative matches the mainstream media, matched the big tech what was allowed Narrative And suddenly, conservative thought about, well, I don't know, COVID, uh, vaccines, uh, uh, ivermectin, uh, Black Lives Matter, CRT. I, I got a list of about 100 things you could not say on social media. They were called misinformation and disinformation. And I said that uh, basically, if the uh, the deep state government, the, the Democrat Party largely, and the mainstream media, as well as social media, says something that your opinion is disinformation, then uh realize that most probably they know what you know is the truth. Is that essentially what you saw and this essentially reinforced by using the words disinformation and misinformation to shut down speech? What I can say is that following uh, the rise of of Donald Trump uh, and his ascension to the presidency in 2016, this this industry ramped up and sort of uh, it was entered into the public discourse and these organizations started receiving, uh, you know, large amounts of money. What I can say also is that, uh, you know, certainly uh, there's concerns to be had about how the Global Disinformation Index is classifying uh, disinformation. And so disinformation typically one would assume would be pertaining to matters that are objectively fraudulent and fake uh, and, and potentially damaging to public discourse, given that they are, uh, you know, just objectively false. The issue that we, we've sort of, uh, you know, our reporting is detailed is that the Global Disinformation Index's classification and flagging of disinformation has pertained to even opinion and topics yes. that certainly are fair <laughs> for debate. And I'll give you an example, Rob. Yes, yes. There was a piece in the Washington Examiner that we published that was a commentary article. It was flagged as uh, it, it's, a, it's an opinion article by uh, one of our one of our commentary editors, and that piece. Uh, uh, walked through social science research, a study conducted in 2022 that found that conservative men and women are on average more satisfied and happy with their lives than liberal men and women. So this, this is objective research. Um, this is not just an opinion. This is re- empirical data from a think tank. That same article was flagged as peddling disinformation. And so we're past the point of even opinions being flagged. It's now data and objective research. Uh, that is being flagged as disinformation. Now, I had done some research with regard to the uh, the word disinformation, and my research showed that it came from disinformatia, which was uh, uh, coined and then made into policy by Joseph Stalin in 1923. Uh, and that's why well, I originally started kind of researching this word disinformation. I had heard that uh, disinformatia was the word that Stalin came up with. He wanted a Western-sounding word, so it was disarming. Uh, and 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 that's what it kind of sounds like. But, you know, also you discovered, and I, and I shared on the air last week, that this was state-sponsored stuff. That, uh, that was, it was paid for with money from the State Department. That money has since, I guess, gone away, right? Tell us about how the government was involved in paying for this. 
Between 2020 and 2022, uh, sorry, 2020 and 2021, two state department-backed entities uh, provided 600 and roughly $665,000 to the Global Disinformation Index. And basically $100,000 of this came from a group called the Global Engagement Center, which is an intra-agency, meaning uh, multiple agencies, uh, you know, coordinated work with it, but it's it's housed under the State Department, and they awarded that money, hundred thousand dollars, to GDI as part of a something called the U.S. Paris Tech Challenge, which sought mm-hmm. to fight foreign disinformation. That was in that was in twenty twenty one. Separately, the National Endowment for Democracy, which is a State Department funded nonprofit group, uh, and I. I I'd really harp on the fact that this is not a typical nonprofit group. No. This, this group was authorized in 1983 uh, under President Ronald Reagan. Uh, it received $300 million in taxpayer dollars in 2021. That same entity provided uh, $230,000 to the Global Disinformation Index in 2020 and a little bit, uh, roughly $315,000 in 2021. Uh, and following our story, the National Endowment for Democracy, after it's kind of revealing that funding, they actually announced they will no longer be providing grants to the Global Disinformation Index. Uh, <laughs> but just today, uh, we, we just published this uh, about an hour ago. Yes. Uh, you know, the, the Global Engagement Center, the separate, the first entity I mentioned, there's, there's crickets. They haven't, they haven't said whether they will follow suit with the other group. Uh, yeah. So it's unclear if more funding will flow to GDI from that group. Uh, wasn't um, the newly elected uh, Stefanik, wasn't at least Stefanik in New York instrumental in uh, getting the defunding of at least the $300,000 uh, uh, grant? Elise Stefanik is on the board of the National Endowment for Democracy. Uh, okay. I'm not sure the okay. extent that she was instrumental in getting that done. There were a few articles anonymously sourced that had mentioned that she was instrumental, but I haven't seen an on the okay. record. Statement from her office. I would say it's unclear how much she played a role in this. Uh, There was another piece you did uh, on the 27th. Government-backed group tried to punish sites boosting COVID lab leak theory. This is kind of interesting since uh, two government agencies have now said, including the FBI, they say that they knew it came from the lab a long time ago. (laughs) So tell us about uh, about the the COVID origins, which uh, for some reason the media has been uh, completely remiss in trying to find, and also no interest from Democrats in finding the source of it. Uh, tell us about this uh, story from the 27th. So the Energy Department uh, has determined that the coronavirus most likely came from a laboratory in Wuhan, China. And this is a, a hypothesis that has been debated between scientists for a while, but it was, it was casted doubt on um, so doubt upon by um, major left-leaning organizations, particularly we, we focused on the Global Disinformation Index. Uh, you know, they, they published a stream of research in 2020 that essentially dismissed this, this now reputable theory and yeah. irreputable theory as disinformation. Uh, they called out Senator Tom Cotton for suggesting, uh, for, you know, giving credence yes. to this potential yes. theory, and they also called out former President Donald Trump. Uh, they also have published reports, GDI, uh, that essentially flagged uh, ad companies that were placing ads on conservative websites like The American Thinker, a uh, mm-hmm. conservative mm-hmm. blog, that were giving credence to this theory. So, again, it just sort of was an illustration with the current news cycle of how powerful this sort of research can do. And I, I'd also just note, Rob, that the research wasn't in a nutshell. I mean, 
GDI's research on COVID-19 was cited widely by major universities in their academic research on the virus, and it was also cited by major legacy media outlets. Um, and so it certainly had ripple effects. And one watchdog told us, uh, you know, it's possible that GDI could have really set back, um, through their doubts of, of the lab leak theory, set back any credible research and investigations into that same hypothesis. Of course, of course. Uh, it's it's ridiculously simple. It's Occam's razor, by the way, The uh, particularly with the Wuhan lab. I mean, dear God in heaven, uh, level four bio lab in Wuhan where the virus, uh, you know, was unleashed. Uh, no, it happened at the wet market where they don't serve bats and pangolin as they said they did. Uh, also, you saw a connection with academia with regard to the University of Washington getting federal dollars to peddle disinformation. Can you tell us about that briefly? We published the story uh, I believe it was yesterday morning on this uh, or afternoon, and it, it detailed how the University of Washington is uh, a publicly funded university. It also receives millions of dollars uh, in, in 2021, I believe it, was, it surpassed a billion, but in research grants. Uh, it's, a, it's a major research institution. They also actually focus heavily on fighting alleged uh, disinformation on the Internet, in addition to COVID disinformation. What we found is that the Global Disinformation Index actually partnered with the University of Washington in 2020, right around they were publishing their COVID lab leak research uh, uh, for a project on fighting COVID disinformation. Uh, And so GDI's, two of their uh, former researchers at the time, they're no longer with them, uh, those those are that organization, but they led that uh, project, and so I don't, you know, we don't know the specifics of what exactly they were flagging uh, as disinformation. But given what we know about a global disinformation index and what they flagged in the past as being COVID disinformation, such as the lab leak hypothesis, uh, you know, it, it certainly raises concerns. And, and there's two watchdog groups that uh, essentially, essentially, uh, you know, held that view that. A publicly funded university institute, which is funded by the Department of Defense, NASA, Department of Energy, uh, that just National Science Foundation, just to name a few. I mean, their taxpayer dollars, uh, you know, have gone to an university that partnered with another group that got taxpayer dollars to uh, shed doubt on, you know, to identify things as disinformation on the Internet. We're talking to Gabe Kaminsky, a writer for The Federalist. Also, has got a brilliant, I mean, brilliant job on Disinformation, Inc. on The Washington Examiner. Can you hold on through the break, Gabe? Because I've got a few more questions I want to ask you on the other side. Would that be okay? Sure thing, Rob. Yeah. I love it. I love it. If you guys want to call 800-922-6680, this is The Rob Carson Show. What part of abuses and usurpations do you not understand? It's The Rob Carson Show. Gabe Kaminsky, writer for The Federalist, who's put together this incredible uh, expose of disinformation, Inc., is on the phone with us. And i got to tell you, uh, years ago, I got to know Luke Rosiak, and he rose through the ranks at The Washington Examiner. And I, I just think you are on par with his uh, tremendous journalistic effort, uh, Gabe. I just think you're doing great, great job. So thanks for joining me on the show, and thanks for doing what you do at The Washington Examiner and also at The Federalist. Let me ask you this, Gabe. Uh, have you been um, shut down? For instance, I know that uh, I've been able to share my opinions without being flagged on Twitter since uh, Elon Musk took over. Have you noticed a difference uh, at Twitter? And have you been uh, a part of this disinformation shutdown on other social media platforms as so many people who even consider uh, challenging the popular narrative? 
you know, you know, Rob, I I have not personally been uh, you know censored in in any respect on Twitter, to my knowledge. Um, certainly, what I what I can speak to with regard to Twitter is that the Twitter files have revealed a lot about how they acted under Jack Dorsey uh, in terms of uh, coordinating with uh, the United States government to engage in content moderation of, uh, of you know, opinions disagreed with. Uh, and certainly something lawmakers have been looking into. You know, the House Oversight Committee, the Weaponization Committees in Congress, these are sort of issues they've been trying to poke at uh, in terms of under Elon Musk's reign, you know, I, I, I haven't necessarily followed too closely, okay. uh, but I but I can't say certainly that, uh, you know, the, I think uh, a lot of people under Musk, apparently I'm taking over, uh, we're, we're happy about that decision given kind of Twitter's prior uh, prior actions. Yeah. You uh, you did a piece also about Microsoft suspending its relationship with Xander. Uh, Xander is essentially a media buying outlet that was directing money or at least advising people, advertisers, not to advertise with supposed disseminators of disinformation, which turned out to be exclusively conservative. Tell us about Microsoft and Xander. Microsoft, Xander, XSandy are. So Microsoft owns that company. Uh, it's an advertising company. They bought it for uh, $1 billion in 2021 from wow. AT&T. And what that means, advertising, it means that Xander is a third, is sort of a pass-through group in the sense that they place ads on behalf of major companies uh, on major websites, you know, places like the Washington Examiner or otherwise, or sure. that's the model. Um, and so we, we had found that Microsoft's Xander was subscribing to the Global Disinformation Index's dynamic exclusion list, a.k.a. blacklist, of uh, conservative media outlets, which wow. meant that um, outlets, uh, you know, were un- or websites, conservative websites in general, were unable, many of which were unable to, uh, you know, receive ads through that, through that major platform. Following us uh, leaking, uh, or sorry, uh, bad whistleblowers in the industry leaking that information to us, which we did publish, uh, that blacklist and also some internal communications. Uh, Microsoft actually announced that it was launching an internal investigation and suspending its relationship uh, with the Global Disinformation Index. And, and, you know, of course, we intend to keep following up with them to get updates on what that necessarily entails. There hasn't been a lot of details they've given on it. They've given, they've literally just said they're, you know, suspending that relationship. Uh, but, you know, we, we want to keep getting more information and hope to keep updating people as time moves on. I hope that the uh, the businesses, including Newsmax, who are blacklisted by this organization, sue their asses off, to be quite honest. Um, and I'll also mention, you you said that Microsoft bought Xander from AT&T. AT&T owns DirecTV. DirecTV just dropped OAN last uh, last year and just dropped Newsmax. Kind of interesting. Kind of, you, you think maybe Xander, when uh, AT and T owned it, may have had that uh, that whole uh, that uh, whole same kind of vibe going, or do they just suddenly become these uh, these uh, blacklisters of conservative sites when uh, when uh, uh, they were bought by Microsoft? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure of how they operated okay. AT and T. Um, that might be something that I direct you towards them, uh, either entities. But I would say that. We know that uh, Xander began subscribing to the Global Disinformation Index around 2021, huh. uh, which is just around when that acquisition occurred. Um, wow. So certainly it was something that I believe that would be under Microsoft's 
uh, jurisdiction after they bought it, unless it was slightly before that. I'd have to, you know, recheck. Okay. Yeah. But, but certainly this is this has been recent, um, and their subscription hasn't lasted long, and to our knowledge. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll see if they what kind of decision they end up making with regard to whether they'll resubscribe or entirely cut ties. Gabe, I got to tell you, uh, thank you for what you're doing. I, I'm just, uh, I, I love to see journalism when it's real journalism. What you're doing is real journalism. And uh, it just, uh, I, I've been, uh, really enjoyed the series. It's very, very powerful. Uh, where can people find you on social media, sir? Because I want people to know about you and what you're doing for the Federalist and also for the Washington Examiner. Appreciate it, Rob. Uh, I, I'm fully at the Washington Examiner. I actually used to write for the Federalist a few years oh, ago. Oh, okay, but... sorry. Yeah, no worries. Um, so my, my Twitter is at uh, G-E Kaminsky, G-E-K-A-M-I-N-S-K-Y. That's where I share a lot of my stories. And you can also go to WashingtonExaminer.com. All right. Uh, I got to run, buddy. Subscribe. Yep. We'll, we'll be in touch. Thank you, my friend. Let's take a break. It's the Rob Carson Show. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. All right. We are into uh, hour number three of the Rob Carson Show. We've got uh, a ton of stuff to, to talk about, including a uh, an escapee of Mao's uh, communist revolution speaking <laughs> about why Virginia Democrats uh, derailed a bill that would have been uh, uh, required schools to teach about the dangers of communism, which, of course, resulted in the deaths of about 100 million people in body pits. Uh, they, they just bulldozed them in the body pits uh, last century. So we'll uh, get to that. And I think the answer is fairly obvious. And it was funny because I was thinking about it yesterday. I was like, oh, this is why. And it was the first thing out of her mouth when she was interviewed. And so we'll get to that in a moment. I do want to mention that uh, you got to check out David Horowitz's new book. He is uh, a former lib. I didn't know if you knew that. And uh, he just posted a YouTube video about voting irregulars, irregularities, and it was still banned on YouTube. It was still taken down. Uh, he's written this book. It's called The Final Battle, and he's warning America that big tech and their social media are destroying America, threatening our freedoms. And uh, as you heard from Gabe Kaminsky's uh, interview in the last segment of the last hour, yeah, it's happening. So this book would kind of give you a, a compendium of, uh, of stories uh, of what's going on in the country as far as censorship and, uh, and how it is a major threat to our country and our way of life. It should be fairly obvious to you now, but I think you'll find this book to be really, really good. So what you need to do is, uh, is just go to uh, Final Battle. It's called The Final Battle, by the way. Did I mention that, David Hortz? The Final Battle. If you want it free, it's, it's, uh, it's $28 normally. But if you call 800 Newsmax, you can get it. Uh, or if you go to FinalBattle611.com. You can get it, finalbattle611.com, okay? So if you want a copy of the book, I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty darn cool. I opened the show with this. I, I don't know if you do this, but uh, first of all, uh, Lori Lightfoot lost the election in Chicago, and uh, she's so bad as a mayor, even dead people wouldn't vote for her. That's why she's lost. Uh, also, she is claiming, well, she claimed originally that she was the uh, first, it was a historic mayor. She's the first black 
female lesbian mayor. And then uh, yesterday, after losing the election, she said that was the reason why she lost. <laughs> so it worked to get her elected, and now she's saying it cost her re-election. So either way, she is uh, historic. She was the first black female lesbian uh, as the mayor, and she was the first fa uh, uh, <laughs> black female lesbian mayor to uh, lose re-election. So there you go. There you go. Two two historical uh, incidents of of uh, interest. And then and then this the FBI director who uh, who knew about uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. The FBI knew about Hunter Biden's laptop for since 2019, and it even ha now hasn't admitted that it's for real, even though it is, and everybody knows it. It's kind of interesting. Well, he, uh, Christopher Ray said uh, that uh, apparently the FBI has also known that the uh, Wuhan lab in Wuhan, China, where the Wuhan virus came from, uh, is actually the well. It's actually where it came from, not a wet market in Wuhan. As you note, Brett, uh, the FBI has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. Well, you note, Brett, uh, the know, FBI... Why, why the hell didn't you say anything about it? Uh, you know, because you're part of the deep state. You also kept under wraps, and you, you, the agency created the Russian dossier, paid for it, even offered uh, Christopher Steele a million dollars to verify it, and Christopher Steele wouldn't do it. So, yeah, the FBI, dirty, crooked, rotten, filthy, and they covered up the, uh, the origins of the Wuhan virus as well. And I'd say that Anthony Fauci has a lot of, uh, a lot of questions that need to be answered. Wouldn't you? I'll start with Dr. Fauci. Why, why did you dismiss the lab leak theory? I have always said that the high likelihood is that this is a natural occurrence. Really? <laughs> Fauci's been kung flu lying. A leak I was denying. Jim Gossett, by the way. My story nobody was buying. Because it was Kung Flu lying. It was a massive cover up about the Wuhan leak. I lied to Rand Paul when the truth he tried to seek. But now it's been confirmed by the DOE. It'll be a piece of cake to pin the blame on me. Fauci had no compunction about using gain of function. It was complete dysfunction. This was no small malfunction. My story I'll be tweaking about the Kung Flu leaking. Kung Flu leaking. There you Kung go. That is uh, brand new from Jim Gossett, and if you want to uh, check that out, he's got a Patreon page, which uh, is uh, 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 Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, at Jim Gossett Show. You can help him out a little bit uh, and check out all of his shows, and you can uh, download them and the whole deal. So that's kind of uh, nice. That's kind of nice. So um, at the uh, – apparently there was a uh, – a bill they tried to get through, Republicans tried to push through in, uh, in Virginia that would have uh, required uh, teacher, schools to teach about the dangers of communism. Uh, if you knew this, Virginia Democrats voted against the bill that would have required curriculum educating students about the dangers of communism after the state's teachers union said it would encourage anti-Asian sentiment. So I guess this uh, a, a communist survivor, Jeanne Fleet, is a, uh, uh, a, a 
xenophobe about Asian people, even though she's a Chinese expat who escaped communism. Anyway, the bill failed along party lines. Uh, and I think there's one reason why. And here is uh, this woman, Jean Fleet, talking to the blaze, explaining exactly why they voted against it. Here she is. Try it again. Um, when I uh, read the news, I was like, a, I was in disbelief and I was angry. How could this Democrat legislators and the union, uh, uh, teachers union, come to this kind of absurd and disturbing conclusion? Yeah. The only thing I can think about what? is they are profoundly ignorant of real history mm-hmm. and the history of communism and they themselves are communists. What? What? Yeah. Yeah, all this crap that's being taught in school, all of this is social Marxism. All right? Th- this is what it is, kids. This is the uh, the moist dream of the class of 1968. Yeah. Uh, by the way, this wonderful woman, Jeanne Fleet, uh, no stranger to calling out Marxism. She spots it when she spots it. She recently took on the 1619 Project. Author Nicole Hannah Jones, uh, Van Fleet came to uh, American from Mao's China in 1986 at age 26. Uh, she describes her life under Mao's rules as a complete absence of freedom. They take total control of one's mind and every aspect of one's life. She went on to explain that every item necessary for daily living, food, was rationed. If you don't obey. You starve. When communism shows up at your door, very people uh, recognize it. The Cultural Revolution survivor was referring to the Black Lives Matter and Antifa riots of 2020. In her estimation, lack of education about communism was to blame for the public failing to understand the Marxist ideology that was driving the violent unrest. Here she is a little bit more about the Chinese uh, body count. And I believe it's both. Um, Communism is not ancient. It is an import from Europe. From its conception, communist, yes. communism has claimed more than 100 million lives. Oh, way more. And most of them are Asians. In China alone, Mao killed up to 80 million Chinese. And that does not include more than 400 millions of babies through forced abortion and because of their one-child policy. Yeah, there was that. It's kind of interesting. They're kind of masters on population control, aren't they? And uh, uh, the COVID virus and the vaccinations and all that. Yeah, it's interesting, Andrea. A little bit more from uh, this uh, this wonderful woman who uh, knows a lot about communism because she uh, she escaped it. Here uh, is one more from uh, Xi. Uh, what's her name? I'm oh, sorry. It's... Uh, uh, yes, G. Van Fleet, not uh, related to Greta Van Fleet, by the way. It is so important that we teach communism to our children and to American public in general, because communism is here, here in America. The reason that so many people do not recognize wokeness as Marxism, as uh-huh. communism, is because they do not know what real communism is. And I think we have to teach American people in general the danger of communism and the threat that posed to America. It should be fairly obvious to you at this point, and it is to you. Unfortunately, it's not to CBS, ABC, NBC, PBS, PBR, NPR, whatever the hell. Uh, They have no freaking clue. And that's kind of sad and pathetic. So uh, we're the warriors here. Like Chris in Fort Worth. He's a warrior. He's also one of my favorite callers. Chris, how you doing, my friend? 
Hey, Rob, it's your man here in Fortress <laughs> Fort Worth. Yes, yes I what's up? That Fortress Fort Worth. Yeah. We're a bastion of conservatives, and I love my my state, my county. I love my city, my state, and county. Good for you. Um, Rob, uh, you know, I'm really getting sick of these anos because what are these communists that are here? They're anos, Americans in name only. And oh. they want to indoctrinate the kids and, and destroy our, the fabric of our nation, our freedoms and everything. And, yeah. uh, well, I mean, uh, when will we wake up and realize that we're on the brink of losing our nation? And I oh. believe a lot of people are still asleep, Rob. I, I agree 100%. I I, <clears throat> I know people very near and dear to me. I have no clue. My you know I love my wife, but she you know she watches uh, we every night we watch HGTV. She's not very plugged in. She certainly doesn't listen to my show. She gets enough of my crap every other you know every other uh, twenty uh, one hours of the day. But yeah, uh, and and what we got to do is we got to cut through. And, and we're finding more and more how our speech or our thoughts have been shut down. We we heard with Gabe Kamensky and the disinformation index and big social media and all that. Uh, but fortunately we. We have a Republican uh, House of Representative, which is gigantic. We have Elon Musk buying uh, buying Twitter, but uh, that isn't. I mean, that's a, that's just a uh, a little glimpse of the light that we need to shine on this. Uh, otherwise, it's over, Chris. And I don't know about you, but I'm I'm ready to fight, man. <laughs> I'll fight in any way, shape, or form to shut this crap down because I'm done with it, Chris. Yeah, but uh, you know, um, you know, last week or so, I talked to you about. You know, only one good thing came out of Dobbs. He said, well, the Republicans got the House, Elon released files. You know, those are good things, but uh, nothing's come to fruition on that yet. Yeah. You know, yeah. the files have nope. been released, thank God. Uh, Dem- yeah. uh, Comer's doing his job. He's doing a great job. Yeah. But nothing's come of it yet. I know. Um, we still we, we got a lot of fighting to do, Chris. Yeah, I know. All right, dude, i got to run because we're up against a hard break here, but I appreciate your phone call. Uh, and then also, did you hear about Kevin McCarthy? Kevin McCarthy, you know, the guy who they, they were just going to rubber stamp to be the uh, House Speaker, and 20 Republicans said, no, you got to do what the people want. Well, Kevin McCarthy, when he released those videotapes, supposedly, to uh, to Tucker Carlson last week, apparently there was some quid pro quos associated with that, including that uh, Tucker's people had to go to the Capitol to look at the footage and then get approval from Kevin McCarthy about which clips he could share uh bs bs mr mccarthy you are hanging on by a tenuous thread my friend and if you're going to play this sort of crap uh wholesale release those damn tapes to the media so we can find out what's going on they don't belong to you let's take a break and come back this is the rob carson show driving snowflakes and candy aisle kids crazier every day it's the rob carson show Does the color of your doctor matter to you at all? It doesn't to me, and it shouldn't, but, you know, there's this move for equity. They call it equity, and uh, it's insane. And Joe Biden literally, with an executive order the other day, made it mandatory. So every field that there is, it has to exactly reflect uh, the population at large, because people, you know, I mean, honestly, white people can't uh, trust black doctors, right? And black uh, patients can't pl- uh, trust white doctors, right? That's what this is. And this is sick, sick, sick in the head. 
And uh, this is kind of funny. I, I've been sitting on this report for a few days. This is CNN reporting that uh, this is a real problem for a lot of people, creating something that doesn't exist. Right now, fewer than 6% of doctors in the U.S. identify as black or African-American. That's despite the fact... How about just being I'm a black or African-American, not identifying as? The community makes up 12% of the country's total population, and that's raising concerns about the impact on public health. CNN Health reporter Jacqueline Howard joins us now. So, Jacqueline, what is being done to rectify this? That's the thing, Bianca. More needs to be done. To Listen to this woman spew. To make sure that our physician workforce here in the U.S. reflects the diversity seen among patients. Now, what has been done so far? We've seen more efforts to get STEM programs in grade schools. At the medical school level, we've seen more mentorship programs, particularly for students of color. But when you look at the physician workforce right now, active doctors at this moment, we're still seeing 5.7% are black or African American, and that's compared with us. Victor said 12% of the U.S. population. When you look at Native Americans, less than 1% of doctors. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, this was purely based on uh, the ability to be a good doctor. That's all that really matters. Uh, you've got to be the best of the best. If you're going to be my doctor, when I grew up in uh, Neola, Iowa, that's where I grew up, uh, and this is back in the 1970s and 80s, the doctor for our town, even though the town was majority white people, uh, was Dr. Rosa. Dr. Rosa was a brown person. And you know what? Nobody cared because he was a really good doctor. Now, this is uh, Marion Singleton. She is an anesthesiologist. Uh, she is a top doctor in her, uh, in her field. And, uh, and she says that all of this uh, nonsense about uh, 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 equity uh, is just that. Listen to her take on it. And I don't like the demonization of my colleagues that I've worked with for years save patients' lives with, have them come to me for advice on how to do something, and suddenly I'm not supposed to trust them, they're not supposed to trust me, am I suddenly a stupid black person? It's, it's completely flipped on its head. There was a time when black people were considered not up to the, to the task, to the job, and couldn't be professionals, couldn't be doctors. And we are, we're smart, we're just like anybody else. And suddenly, white doctors are the ones that have the evil aura around them. And we expect black patients to then want to trust that doctor. This is only going to hurt minority doctors. Because if you allow uh, equity to pervade this or not, and just base your decision to allow people in a medical school on the color of their skin, then it calls into question those people. And I, I, I'm, I'm not saying this. I'm just saying this is how it could impact uh, the practice very negatively for the people it's supposed to be representing. Here's a little bit more from this Dr. Marion Singleton. And it's hokum that black patient needs a black doctor. Number yes. one, it could never happen. There aren't enough doctors. How could you match these people up? It's stupid. What happens when you go into an emergency? And I... Honestly, as an anesthesiologist, I've done plenty of emergencies. I've been a doctor for, oh, I hate to say, 50 years now. And patients look at you, and <laughs> years ago, all they wondered, are you old enough to know how to do this? 
and they wondered about your competence. Isn't that just amazing? Now, there's an organization called Citizens for Sanity who put together this. This is beautiful. Have you ever boarded a plane and thought to yourself, I hope the pilot is a transgender refugee? <laughs> Have you ever gone to the emergency room and said, I hope my medical team is incredibly diverse? Yeah. Have you ever moved to a new city and said, I hope the police department hit its equity goals for the year? Yeah, no. If your answer to these questions was no, you're not if an you idiot. just wanted the most qualified candidates for the job, then you are normal. Yeah. But we have a lot of very not normal people running America these huh. days. Left-wing politicians believe skin color or gender identity should determine who gets the job. Democrats used to care about the middle class. Now they just care about your race and your gender. And as long as Democrats stay in power, it will just keep getting worse. There you go. That is uh, pretty cool. And remember, if you uh, agree with them, uh, you're a racist. Yeah. That's what they throw at you because they want you to shut up. But I'm not going to. So nice try, losers. Uh, Coming up uh, on the steps of uh, the Supreme Court. Uh, Some of the nation's top Democrats are saying that uh, people with worthless degrees should have their degrees paid for by us. That's coming up. This is The Rob Carson Show. Bulldoze the swamp, pave it over, and start again. It's The Rob Carson Show. If you're having a rough day, I just want you to remind you a couple of things, and this isn't about sexism. It's about, yay, these people are no longer in power. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, no longer Speaker of the House. Lori Lightfoot, no longer, well, she will be until the new one's sworn in. But anyway, uh, she got voted out. Uh, She got voted out as the mayor of Chicago. So, um, real tough call on worst mayor of all time in uh, the country, Bill de Blasio or uh, Lori Lightfoot. That's a tough one. That's a... That's a tough one. Where's uh, Bill de Blasio gone, by the way? Who the hell cares? Um, Anyway, so there is that. Oh, oh, and on this equity thing, this is how stupid this stuff has gotten. You know, when I say uh, don't catch the stupid, uh, listen to this. THON, T-H-O-N, is an annual fundraiser at Penn State that raises money to help kids suffering from cancer. But apparently, uh, their their big uh, marathon or whatever they do every year to raise money is too white. According to some student leaders, seeing those involved with Thon, I thought, where's the diversity? As time passed on, I came to realize that Thon wasn't made for people of color, one student leader explained in an attempt to shift the spotlight away from children with cancer and onto the woke leftist campus issues. Janelle Wazell, uh, the chief of staff for the University Park Undergraduate Association and previous Black Caucus representative, went so far as to say she never felt safe while attending the fundraiser, calling Thon... This is my first time ever going to Thon because I never uh, thought it safe. I felt that I didn't belong. Seeing those involved with Thon, I thought, where's the diversity? I I did that because Thon, diversity. Uh, Anyway, the student continued, as time passed on, I came to realize that Thon wasn't made for people of color. You know, honestly, uh, good luck with that attitude trying to get a job. There you go. I just said that. Good luck with that. Oh, by the way, all this diversity stuff and, and all of these uh, equity, uh, 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 I guess, uh, orders that companies are doing to make the workplace more equitable and all that, that's apparently the first thing that businesses are cutting because uh, it's worthless. And all it does is divide and cost money. And it's stupid. 
and it just makes people hate each other. So uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, all of that nonsense, uh, all it is meant to do is divide and ruin. And fortunately, people are beginning to see it's just a flying load of, you know. So uh, the uh, teachers union boss, Randy Weingarten, who should be held up on charges for uh, being instrumental in keeping American schools closed so long. She is a radical Marxist. She's a bat guano crazy uh, buffoon. Uh, she also is a childless person who's in charge of uh, this uh, largest teachers union in the country. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? So anyway, she was out in front of the Supreme Court because there's a case in front of the Supreme Court. Joe Biden wants to uh, pay off student debt. Now, I got a couple of things I want to say here real quick. First of all, to those who think that uh, the student debt should be paid off uh, by people who were 18 years of age and signed a legal document, uh, a, 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 an actual uh, document that shows that you are receiving money and the terms for which you should pay it back. Uh, if this is going to happen, then I want my mortgage paid off, I want my car payments paid off, and I would like my credit cards paid off by the government. Because I, too, was 18 years of age when I signed those documents, and they are legally binding. So uh, as far as separating student debt from the rest, uh, it's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. And then also I want to say this about those who support reparations. Because in San Francisco, they literally have a bill. They pulled out of this figure out of their rear ends. I mean, literally they admitted that this $5 million figure that uh, morons in San Francisco are touting for every uh, black person in California with a few caveats, uh, get $5 million, all their bills paid off, and then like $92,000 a year for the rest of their lives. They pulled that figure out of their behinds. So I would like to say to those who support reparations that uh, only uh, descendants of uh, union soldiers and supporters and citizens of, or not union, the, the South. So the Confederacy. Uh, only uh, the families of Confederate soldiers, Confederate leaders, and citizens of the South, and consequently because the Democrat Party is the party of slavery and the, the Republican Party was created to fight it, that the descendants of union troops uh, the, the citizens of the Union and uh, the Republican Party should be completely devoid of uh, paying for this at all. And reparations should come solely from Democrats because they are the party of slavery. They were the party of slavery at the time of the Confederacy and before that, which would mean they were down with slavery and consequently down with the, the uh, legacy of slavery. So the, uh, the Democrats of this country should be only held liable with regard to reparations. So there's those two things. I'll just throw that at you. Uh, but here is Randy Weingartner screeching in front of the Supreme Court after ruining the lives of millions of kids with, uh, you know, stupid uh, mandates and school lockdowns saying, shrieking that your money should pay for uh, students' worthless degrees. And so that is why President Biden said we are going to deal with that. As we deal with the end of the pandemic, we're going to deal with that. We're not going to start student debt again without actually making a down payment of it. And the Secretary of Education has the right to do it. And frankly, ah. this is what really pisses me off. What? During the pandemic, we understood that small businesses were hurting. And we helped them. And it didn't go to the Supreme 
Oh, God, I can't hear the voice anymore. <sighs> is a legally binding contract. It is uh, the loan for a good or service. The person who signed it should be liable for it. As far as the shutdowns are concerned, those were government-caused. Uh, they had nothing to do with student loan and your degree. Uh, and, and it was all nonsense. And this awful, 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 wretched woman was uh, one of the most instrumental people with regard to shutting down schools, which we now know was nonsensical. And it destroyed the lives of children. So, Miss Weingartner, you know what? You can KMA, baby. Here's Rashida Tlaib, another radical leftist, uh, and probably still owes student loan money for a worthless degree, talking about paying off student loans. But young people yesterday in the pouring rain last night, standing in solidarity, and I told them then... Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. You don't like those goosebumps you get right before you vomit. We are all standing with you. And just know this. I've seen things come and go, you know, when folks uh, come in office, come and go. But movement people don't go nowhere, right? Oh, okay. She's now all of a sudden down with the struggle here. Let's listen to that line again. Hold on. But when folks uh, come in office, come and go. But movement people don't go nowhere. Yeah, movement people don't go nowhere. Movement people don't go nowhere. Rashida Tlaib, wow. Right? They can change hands. They can this Like you can change your accent. Supreme Court can make all these decisions, but we're not going anywhere. Why shouldn't it be? We not going nowhere. I continue to speak that truth again. The president of the United States, I hope they can hear me, does have the legal authority to cancel debt. But nah, young people yesterday nah, in the morning, nah, he doesn't. And uh, pay your own damn student loan. When you go to school, it should be a rule: the debt is yours alone. That's right, kids. But now Sleepy Joe, he wants to go and cover all the student loans. He waited to do it, and then he said, screw it, and threw the left of major bone. This is Jim They Gossett. say it's not enough, and they're gonna hang tough on the cover of the student loans. Student loan, the government allows you to delay it. Loan, now they say you don't have to repay it. Loan, but it says you're off the hook when it's cover of the student loan. The left are into massive theft. The cover has been blown. It's been blown. No, it don't make sense to transfer this expense with the cover of a student Sing loan. Along. Student loan. Ten grand is only the beginning. Loan. We are only in the second inning. Loan. They'll forgive the whole damn thing with the cover of a student loan. There you go. Yeah, uh, pay your own damn student loan. That's what I got to say about it, because I got to pay my mortgage, and I got to pay my car payments, and I got to pay all that stuff, my insurance and everything, because I'm an adult. And uh, welcome to it. Welcome to adulthood. Uh, we don't owe you anything. And I'm sorry if you're, uh, you know, whatever poetry, uh, maybe it's a degree in uh, paying in the bills. But honestly, let's just look at, uh, at big, big uh, education. It's a, it's a shakedown. It's a put-on. It's a scam. It's propped up with uh, government money. It's propped up with grants, and it's and it's propped up with uh, this uh, loan uh, nonsense. And you're getting worthless degrees, and the price of uh, higher education is growing and growing and growing. And guess what? Uh, a lot of the times, those who don't have college degrees, they just got out of high school, maybe to go to trade school. They're making more money. 
my daughter has a uh, a boyfriend. She's been uh, uh, they've been together for about a year. She's a, a senior in high school. He's a senior in high school. I was asking him, "What are you going to do when you graduate?" And he says, "You know, I think I'm going to go to community college for a couple of years, and then I'm going to go to some sort of a trade school." I said, "Really?" He goes, "Yeah, that's what I'm going to do." I said, "I said I think that's fantastic. I think that's that's wonderful. Uh, you know, uh, like a lot of things. Uh, say, for instance, welding." Welding. You're thinking, oh, you're going to be a welder? Well, you're going to go down and work in a shipyard and all that? Well, you don't necessarily have to. There's nothing wrong with that. You could be in a high-rise building, building high-rises and all that stuff. Uh, or you could be, you know, an artisan welder where you go and you and you sell your craft. Maybe you're making, uh, uh, I don't know, a sculptures or you're making uh, gates for communities. Yeah, could keep all those people out. No, no, no. It's just some of the things you can do. Uh, there's a whole sorts of the things you can do if you're, if you're an artisan. You know, if you learn a craft like that, it's pretty amazing. Maybe it's pottery. Maybe it's something like that. You can design it yourself. You don't need a college degree for it. I went to college for four years. Uh, I got a degree in communications and a, and a double major in French. I know it was a waste of time. I tested out half of it. Did I need to go to school for four years? No, I did not. I can say that now. My advisor, I wanted to be out in three. He said, oh, you're going to be working for 45 years. You should stay in. And you know what? Sucker took his advice. So I stayed in for four and a half. And, and I could have gotten out a whole lot easier and been abused by the, the world of broadcasting. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. Uh, so I think uh, uh, if you if you got a student loan, uh, put your big girl panties on or boy panties or whatever the hell you are, uh, trans panties, uh, whatever. Put those on, and uh, and welcome to the real world where if you take out a loan, uh, you got to pay it back. Uh, let's take a break and come back. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, the EPA is being challenged by some other uh, environmental experts with regard to East Palestine, and uh, the Texas A&M and Carnegie Mellon says it's not safe to live in pa- East Palestine, while the FDA says ah, it's fine. That's on the other side of this break. This is the Rob Carson Show. Dissent is not disinformation. It's the Rob Carson Show. All right, so this was the uh, last segment of this show, and uh, I think it's been a pretty darn good show. Uh, if you get a chance to uh, check out the podcast, just go to Newsmax.com slash podcasts. And, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is one for the record books, I'm thinking. Uh, a lot of really good stuff, uh, eye-opening stuff with regard to uh, uh, the massive cover-up of uh, the, co- uh, the origins of COVID and whatnot. Uh, Lori Lightfoot's defeat, by the way. I just put the opening monologue up on uh, Rumble. But uh, the podcast is at uh, Newsmax.com slash listen. If you'd join that, to be great. I uh, got a chance to see the president yesterday speak. And, and rather than just, uh, you know, point out the fact that Joe Biden is, uh, can't speak. And it's easy to make fun of somebody who can't talk. I mean, uh, you know. But this is, uh, this is worse than this. And, uh, and Joe Biden, um, yesterday, I almost felt pity for him because... He is an 80-year-old man. He is nearing the end of his life. And, you know, and it's okay to say that. And, you know, I, I, who knows? We don't know how long we got. But he's, uh, he's 80 years old. You know, he may live another decade. Who, who knows? But, but clearly he's uh, declining in mental health. And, and I felt pity for him. And one of the reasons being is, you know, he's being pushed to run for president again. And he may be down with it completely. But I can't imagine a wife... I can't imagine pushing my wife if I knew that she was mentally infirmed into running for office again. I can't imagine pushing my spouse to do anything but focus on recovery, focus on the rest of your life. But Jill Biden and and John Fetterman's wife, 
John Fetterman clearly cannot be a senator. He needs to focus on recovering. He couldn't take care of himself. That's why he went to the hospital. He is mentally infirmed. He's in. He's infirmed. And his wife took off with the kids to Canada on a vacation. What is wrong with these monstrous, I'll say it, monstrous women? It's cruel and awful. And could you imagine doing that to your spouse? No. This is Joe Biden. This is on Newsmax, by the way. I grabbed this clip. Joe Biden uh, not being able to speak yesterday in Virginia. And you say, well, how can that be, Joe? Well, right now, the government, our tax dollars pay out through Medicare the help for the prescription drugs. If they have to pay out $159,000 billion let, less for prescription drugs. Yeah, and, and this is happening every day. And Pearl Nelson, military. She'd come in and do things that I don't think you learn in medical school, nursing school. She'd whisper in my ear. I didn't, couldn't understand him. She'd whisper, she'd lean down. She'd actually breathe on me to make sure that I was, that there was a connection, a human connection. She even went home and brought back her pillow. I, I honestly am beginning, <clears throat> Democrats will be like, you feel pity, he's perfectly fine, how dare you? No, no, he's not. He's not. I'm really familiar with this, okay? Uh, my mother was kind enough to, as some of my older relatives were beginning, they, you know, they had a choice. They can go to a nursing home, or my mom would invite them to live with us. And we did this with four or five um, uh, relatives, including my grandmother. My father built an addition on the home. So she wouldn't have to spend her last days in a nursing home. And I watched her and my uncle and my and his wife and another relative. I watched the, the end of their lives. And, and we were able to take care of them in a loving environment. And I think that's what needs to be happening for Joe Biden. He doesn't need to be pushed for office again. I think it's ridiculous. And you can disagree with me. I don't even care. I just think it should be fairly obvious. It's damn cruel. I really do. I just think it's damned cruel. Uh, and the Democrat Party is sick in the head. I really believe it, honestly. The Democrat Party needs to be, uh, and if you're a member of the Democrat Party, honestly, look inside yourself and go, do I want to be a part of this party or I, do I want it to change and reflect uh, what, you know, my values? Because if you reflect the values of the Democrat Party, you're not a good person. I mean, overall. Uh, unlimited abortion, uh, transgenderism, and sexualization of children in grade school. I can't go on and on. It's, it's, what's wrong? Honestly, you're down with it? Seriously, all of it? CRT in schools, really? Okay, I don't think most of you are. Experts from Texas A&M and Carnegie Mellon have been uh, conducting their own air quality tests and mobile units in uh, East Palestine. Uh, they said that if the chemicals persist at the current levels, it will cause long-term health issues for the residents. Kind of like Times Beach. Times Beach, what they did is they is in New York and they closed the whole town down. They would spray uh, oil, waste oil, on the streets to hold down the dust, and it was loaded with dioxin. And they didn't find out till years later all sorts of people getting cancer and whatnot. Same thing happened with Aaron Brockovich with uh, the uh, chromium, whatever the hell was in the drinking water, in the you know the movie about her. They like like that. So the finding is in direct contrast with the U.S. Uh, Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA's ongoing assurance that the air quality is perfectly fine. They are already warning signs among residents, including altered voices and rashes look like chemical burns. Uh, Dr. Albert Presto is an associate research uh, professor of mechanical engineering at Carnegie, Carnegie, Carnegie Millen, 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 I should say. 
uh, who's part of the investigation and says it's not elevated to the point where it's necessary like an immediate evacuation, but we know that there is great long-term risk for the residents. So that their houses are worthless now, and they have to get out, and I believe that we should help them. And the government should say, okay, we're going to help you. We're going to make it safe, or we're going to take care of your moving. That's it. Let's take a break, come back, wrap it up. This is The Rob Carson Show. That's going to do it for the show, guys. Have a glorious day. If you want to get Newsmax back on DirecTV, call 1-877-NEWSMAX or go to IWantNewsmax.com and help us out, guys. God bless you. Have a glorious day. And until tomorrow, do not catch the stupid. See you then. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.